We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Jeremy White with sneaky Joe DiBiase. Yoki Haru and Dolene, the other defensive pair that started the game. Ryan O'Reilly with a pass to the near circle, buries it. And shoots and scores Toronto to a one nothing lead. Put the puck in the back of the net, but puck movement is Here great. he is again, O'Reilly scores! Back-to-back goals. Marner again with the feed as they cut in front of Uko Pekalukanen. Pass, Ryan O'Reilly with an empty net chance here for the hat-trick goal, and it gets across the line. Almost kept out. Ryan O'Reilly comes back to Buffalo. Not only scores his first in a Maple Leaf uniform, he gets the hat trick goal. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Good morning. Good morning. You were at that game. I was at that game. I was not n- the whole game. <laughs> I was not at that game. I thought about going out Good for, for you. Game. I was going to go out for the game. I got so excited about it. I was going to go out for the game, meet a friend, but then you know, a sick kid and, and stuff happened. I thought, ah, I'm going to stay home. I was so excited for the game. I got myself built up all day watching Sabres and Leafs highlights from over the years and then just poof, right at the start, too. Yeah, very disappointing. Just never got off the ground. It was just at the beginning, two goals, three goals, just never looked like it was going to be an entertaining game. Yep. And I'm usually there for the the takeover. You know, the 50-50, maybe last night it was more like 70-30. Okay. Leafs fans, on television, fans. On television it looked like 90-10. Maybe it was 90-10. I think there were more Sabre fans probably than that. But not not many more. It was loud, for sure. Yeah. I'm there for that. Not there for that when you're getting hammered. At home. And they have four goals and you have three shots. Yeah, did they get three goals before the Sabres' first shot? It might have been. Yeah, it was pretty close. It was, I good, couldn't, it was a race. It got to a point where I couldn't tell when the Sabres got their first shot on goal, whether it was Sabre fans or Leafs fans that were Bronx cheering their first shot on goal. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was both. It was collective. Well, yeah, disappointment for sure. Uh, good morning. Jeremy White, Sneaky Joe with you here on WGR. Paul comes up at 7 o'clock. I listened. It was one of those listen to post-game show Games sometimes a listen to the post game game where I'll stay up and listen is things go so well I want to hear how exciting it is sure and then sometimes it's things go so bad oh boy I got to hear what people say and last night was that what I was listening for last night was, to, was if anybody got mad you know if Dylan Cousins or Tage Thompson or anybody was going to really get mad there and, were two guys I would have guessed Alex talking Kyle Poso 
were running around trying to kill people last night. Yep. So did either one of them? It didn't sound like there was a whole lot of it. And let me give you some context. One of the reasons I wondered if anybody would get really mad is because Ryan O'Reilly's in town. Uh And Ryan O'Reilly's time here with the Sabres, he scored a hat trick, by the way. His time with the Sabres is identified with losing, not his fault, but losing, and very famously falling out of love with the game. Which, Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, Joe, last night I found out something that maybe I should have already known, which is people, plenty of people, hold a strong grudge against O'Reilly for... The failure of that that team. It's Eichel, it's O'Reilly, it's Kane, Reinhardt, you know, the that core, he's a he's a Housley and a Bilesma guy, O'Reilly is. Yep. Two years under Bilesma, one year under Housley, lost my love for the game, gone. Right? Yeah. Three, three years. Three years. Three years. Failed expectations. Yep. With a ton of hype. Yep. He was good the whole time. Yep. Provably good. He was very good yep. the whole time. And Lost his love of the game, and last night I saw fans taking him to task for, oh, looks like you found your love of the game again. He, of course, when he was traded to St. Louis, immediately won the Stanley Cup and the Conn Smythe Trophy, which remains one of the funnier things to ever happen. Thank goodness for Tage Thompson blossoming into something, so the Sabres have something to show for that trade. In fact, something quite nice for that trade. But, you know, at the risk of going back to O'Reilly's time, I saw all the reaction to love of the game stuff, and I thought, I remember that time, and everybody here lost their love of the game, and the proof of that is in how many Leaf fans were in that building They were able to buy tickets from the box office, not from season ticket holders, but there are probably 10,000 tickets available from the box office because the Sabres went through a really horrible time, mm-hmm. and O'Reilly was a part of that, where they hemorrhaged their season ticket base, and they're recovering from it. They're in the process of trying to recover from their own horrendous ineptitude and the 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 decisions they made caused all this and O'Reilly was one of the casualties of that and it it's kind of funny for me like I if you want to be mad about Eichel I get it he was more hateable for sure he yeah. came he came back and he talked trash he's leaned into it he, a lot more a- than absolutely. O'Reilly absolutely he yeah. he demanded a trade whatever the whole water under the bridge the whole story about Eichel I get it if you have more of a grudge for him the O'Reilly grudge, I I never had it, ever. Housley was a coach for one year, sure. finished in dead last, and ground O'Reilly into the ground. Ground him into the ground, sure, whatever. He, he had the most difficult assignments. They played the crap out of him, yep. and they lost all the time, and people went to him and said, what's going on with losing? He hated it. Yeah. He hated losing and said he... Started to question whether or not he loved the game anymore. And I saw that and thought, like, I get it. You're losing all the time. And you are the guy with the expectations. One of them, at least. So is there... Right. There's no room. What's the angle? What's the angle to hating O'Reilly other than he was good, we were bad, and he was here? He was part of the leadership. People say... I mean, it's what you said about Eichel, too, or Reinhardt. You could have stayed and been a part of the solution instead of deciding that you couldn't hack it. That's what people would say. Was that ever O'Reilly's decision, though? Like, that that at least has never been out there the same way it was with Eichel, right? Yeah, that's right. And I'm not saying O'Reilly didn't want to go. There was a piece recently in The Athletic where 
is it Rutherford uh, who covers the Blues for the Athletic? Um, Jeremy Rutherford. He talked to both Tage Thompson and Ryan O'Reilly. And there were, like, Don Granado, Randy Sexton, who used to be Bottrell's assistant GM. Like, he did a long piece on that trade. He got comments from O'Reilly and Thompson about how it went down. And O'Reilly, like, uh, this is me making the point that he he definitely was okay with it. He was at a wedding, like, a, a beach party, at a, like, the day after a wedding. And his whole family is, like, celebrating with him. They're like, he's going to St. Louis. He's going to a Stanley Cup contender. Sure, he was happy about it. But Eichel, we think, he just didn't want to be a part of a rebuild. Right, he didn't want to be a part of a rebuild. Did O'Reilly ever overtly, like, we never went through this long, oh, he wants out. Like, when is he going to want out? No, we didn't. And the idea that he was part of a rebuild, Housley came in to replace Dan Bilesma. Bilesma's team was a disappointment because it missed the playoffs and finished in what, like 11th in the East? I'll yeah, check. Like 82 points? They'd, they'd, no, they like 76. Year, His final year. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah year yeah. one out of the tank, they had a, an 80-point season, 81, 82. And the next year they were down a few points, and Housley came in and they finished in last. <laughs> so there wasn't any sort of rebuild planned. It was just a, uh-oh, everything is terrible. They're the worst team in the league. And... You know, oh say, yeah, they went eighty-one to seventy-eight to sixty-two. They lost sixteen points that year under Phil Housley, and then brought Housley back for another year and traded O'Reilly. And then it got even worse for multiple years. Housley fired Kruger in for two years, basically. So O'Reilly was one of the big pieces to move. When you know when the Sabers built with O'Reilly and Eichel. And I'm sorry if people are like thinking, I don't want to hear about that era. I, I just think it's relevant to last night. He scored three goals. He goes to the Leafs. They're trying to win a cup. Here's a Sabres team that, you know, we'd like to see them take steps forward and someday acquire a player like this who maybe has yeah. some experience and maybe had a falling out with his team. The idea of being mad at O'Reilly for his time here, I mean, he worked hard. The O'Reilly practices, that was a thing where you stayed late, worked hard, did a bunch of stuff. Um, you know, he. I'm not saying he was a perfect player, but the Sabers, as an organization, did not foster in, an environment that brought the best out in its players. In fact, it actively killed them. Like it actively killed their production. Right. It actively hurt their their growth. This is true of Darlene. It's true of Skinner. Up and down the road, I mean, the, the, everything they did was <laughs> awful. Good, right. the, good, the good news is they don't do that stuff anymore. So. I don't think Dylan Cousins is about to say he loses love for the game. First off, they're not going to finish in last. Right. And second, the coach isn't just grinding players into a fine dust. Right. Didn't O'Reilly just really say out loud what everybody would be feeling in that moment? Yeah. That anyone that goes through a 62-point season like that after two disappointing seasons before that, every player in the world would be thinking the same thing. He just was the one who said it out loud. Yeah, that's the only difference. And he got moved. Which is why I never, ever understood why there was any reason for anyone to dislike him. Other than, like, the only thing I could have saw was maybe rooting against him to win the cup right away because it would have looked embarrassing for the <laughs> for the city and the franchise, right? Yes, very. But once that happened, what what what's left? He's not he's not leaning into a villain role. He he's only said nice. He's only said good things whenever asked about Buffalo. In, in that Rutherford story, he like talked about rooting for Tage Thompson to become what he's become. So that's not happening. 
He, I guess he's on a rival now, but, I mean, come <laughs> on. Can we really can we call the Leafs a rival just because you saw it last night? Look at the gap, right? That was one thing I was thinking last night sitting in that, sitting in that arena was, does this make me feel better about the idea of this Jacob Chikrin trade or worse about it? In that, do I feel like I'm so far away from this team that one move's not getting me there anyway? Or... I'm so far away from this team, I need a move like that to start to shorten the gap a little bit because I don't know that organically this large gap is getting closed on its own. And I think that's where I landed was reinforcing, okay, man, Jacob Chikrin. Help help me just take a step to getting to where they are because if I'm just waiting for 18-year-old prospects to get here and close that gap for me, I might be sitting here forever. Yeah, the patient... The patient angle of it is, again, like to get back to the O'Reilly era, O'Reilly was on that Housley team. It would have been, I'm mixing up my years here now. No, 17 18 is Housley's first year. Housley's second year is a year where they win 10 games and they look like 97% to make the playoffs. And St. Louis was in last place. And St. Louis was in last. (laughs) It was amazing. And St. Louis wins the cup and the Sabres, you know, completely fall apart and Housley gets fired. And I think back to that year and think that's we, we were having conversations like we are right now, except in a different way. It was December, yeah, and they were looking really good to make the playoffs. And when it started to fall apart, conversations were like, "Hey, wh- what do you think about writing the ship here? What do you think about trying to get in? You've got an opportunity to make the playoffs this year. Like, go for it, mm. get in." And of course, that would have been a GM that was, "No, no, we have a plan." The plan was completely fall apart, hire, hire Ralph Kruger, fall apart even more, yeah. trade good players, and have to rebuild. So, Isn't it more defendable now to do nothing than then, though? Just because of the simple age group? Yes. I mean, then, that was all that team was going to do, right? Like, they they were, it was Eichel and Reinhardt were young pieces. Everyone else was veterans, right? Skinner was a veteran. Sabatka was on the second line. Yeah. Like, Berglund, I guess, would have been gone pretty quickly. That's Skinner's, that's Skinner's, Skinner's first year. That's Skinner's 40-goal season, that's right? His four, yeah. first year here in his 40-goal season. But, like, the defensemen that were here, like Co- Colin Miller, right? Like, yeah. they, they were veteran players. Like, it was a group of m- very mediocre veteran players around your couple of stars up top. Like, that, that was all that team was going to do. So then it's, okay, let's go for it. Because this is it. Right, like yep. this is this is our window right now. This Sabers team, like Jack Quinn scores an amazing goal last night. He is not what he, and he's not yet what you would hope he's going to become. Paterka, same thing. Like you've got, you've got improvement on the way. You've got cornerstones locked up, young. Yeah, and like you can, you can, I think, logically defend the idea of you do nothing, you will get better. That team, I don't think you had that with. But that's not for me. That's not me saying at the same time that it's not completely warranted. This team should make a big swing, right? Right. It's just a cautionary tale to no. It's okay. We have a plan. You know, not all plans are created equal. The Sabers' plan right now sure it looks a lot better than the plan they had back then. So anyway, if you want to be mad at O'Reilly, I think that's fine. I would. I'm, I, I, I'm I got, just not. I got to stayed off Twitter last night, so I wasn't even. I was surprised to hear like. Is there any hate still for O'Reilly? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Man. 
I would have even thought Eichel becoming the villain he did. I, I got asked this. I was on a Toronto radio station yesterday, and they asked me, like, is O'Reilly going to get booed tonight? My first question was, well, it depends how many Leafs fans are in the building. <laughs> right. And second part is, I my thought was Jack Eichel becoming public enemy number one. I, I would have thought improved O'Reilly's approval rating a little bit here in that he's maybe no longer the scapegoat. I don't think either one should be scapegoated for their their failure. You can hate Eichel for the way, you know, the, the post-game comment he made last year or whatever, but that Eichel being public enemy number one maybe relieved O'Reilly from being the scapegoat of that of that era. That now it's Eichel who's that. Yeah. He's the one, that, the fan, the fan that wants to blame the good players when things don't work, which there are a ton of fans out there that want to do that, that they're now pointing at Eichel and not O'Reilly. But I guess it could be that they're pointing at both still. So. Well, given the opportunity with O'Reilly in the building, maybe, you know, maybe if it's a full building. Well, here's your answer to your question. Did, is, he get, did he get booed when he came back from St. Louis? I was just about to say, the answer to your question is I don't even remember. Maybe he would have, like, the first night back and then never yeah. after? Maybe a couple people, maybe 1,000 people, if there were even 1,000. Yeah, but been a thousand it was not, people. like, no Vegas it earlier not, this year. It was not sell out the building to boo this man. Right. Which is what, you know, Eichel has become. So the Sabres lose. Why'd they lose? They were flat. They were uh, flat. And sure. they, need, they need a better goalie. They need better goaltending. The first goal O'Reilly scores, you know, the Sabres... They get beat back on the back check, and their defense has been an issue, right? We know that. They don't exactly lock games down. They're not a defensively strong team yet. They give up five and seven sometimes. But the, fir- they, yeah, the, fir- the first goal for Lukanen, you might as well give him an empty net. That's, that's not a shot where O'Reilly beats the goaltender. It's The goaltender is, I mean, out to lunge is a little strong. You know, Marner drives wide, and Lukanen drops to his knees to make a save, and by the time the pass goes to O'Reilly, Lukanen has got no chance. So that's one where you need a goaltender to read the play better. The second one, sure, he gets in all alone. The third, the fourth, you, you probably want saves on the first and the fourth. The first one, yeah. it looks like, oh, wow, what a breakdown. And sure, breakdowns happen. I, I want to say the number one reason that Lukanen was an issue last night or the number one sign that Lukanen was an issue last night, Joe, was that Don Granato started his press conference saying this wasn't on UPL. That's a good sign that we all think it was on UPL, at least a good chunk of it. It's not his fault that they don't get any shots in the first period. But, you know, if you're going to be a starting goaltender, there are going to be breakdowns. There are going to be times you need to make a save. You need to keep your team in the game. Make two of those saves so it doesn't get to be 5 nothing. Keep it at 3 nothing. Especially with a team like this, that that's what this team needs to be. It's sorry for this comparison. It's a little bit like what Steve Spagnolo of the Chiefs says about the Chiefs, which is our job on defense is just to keep the game somewhat close because we got that guy over there mm. who's going to help us get back in it. And for the Sabers scoring, like they ended up scoring three goals last night. You know, la di da, they were down five nothing. But if you're the goaltender of this team long term, and they're going to keep scoring like this, your job is, among others, to hey. You're getting crushed in the first period. Keep it under control. This team will come back. Yeah, They're young. They're spry. And they score. And Lukanen let them down, I think, on the first goal more than maybe any other. First goal and fourth goal. I this, I would even say the second one. The second one, he's just kind of sitting there, and he's not taking up the right space. Like, he's against his post when he should be more towards the middle of the net. So, I, I, I'm here for 
some amount of criticism for him for sure. The you know what's funny shot attempts like we mentioned they didn't get their first shot on goal to what like the eight minute mark when the Leafs were up two nothing, the Sabers were still ahead on shot attempts. Just hadn't hit the net. They just hadn't hit the net yet. Like early on in that game, they did. They didn't come out flat in the first couple of minutes. Like they, they were controlling the play, and they were, they had possession in the offensive zone, and then boom goal, and then boom goal. That's when the rails really fell off a little bit. It's like, yeah, you want to blame Lukanen for the first couple and not keeping them in it. I think it's the right point that when they have an offense like this, like just keep it close early on. I said that actually right away too. That Leafs played three games in four nights. We just saw this from Carolina. Last week, two weeks ago, where Brian Cozio said it in the pregame I was driving in, Carolina's played three games in four nights. They're, they're an amazing team. They're probably going to come out hot in the first period. If you withstand the first period, maybe their legs go away a little bit. And then you're, that's when you're able to come back if you keep it within one goal yeah. or two goals. And that maybe was the least game a little bit last night was just keep it close. They've played a lot of games recently. You had a little bit of a rust, and you can make up a goal or two. And they scored three goals in the third period. The Leafs looked horrible coming out of the second period, but it was too late because you didn't get saves. Five. And what, what what was the score when Anderson played? Uh, was it three to one? Four, no, the Sabers had not yet scored. No, that's what I I'm, what I mean is what. Oh right, what, right, right. Yeah, the Sabers scored three after Anderson came yeah, in, three, and one. Anderson let in one goal. Yeah. Like rest of the game, they were fine, and that was a comical penalty kill. The one Anderson that got beat on tough. was, you know, the Sabers flying all over he's, the place. He's like flopping around trying yeah. to make Hashik saves because I, he was so. I kind of admired his effort on that that, that save, flipping over trying for the Hashik. You know, you're down and out that bad. Throw your legs up, go for something big. He is he like the, an unsung hero of this season because Lukanen is getting a lot of credit for what stabilizing the net. He's, and he's been better than Comrie, but he's still, by league standards, all, below average. Or, at best, I could give him average, if you take all the backups included as well. Anderson's numbers, though, like he's at a 9.15 save percentage when the league average is like 9.04. And Lukanen is 8.94. Yeah. So, like, Anderson being back, man, like, Howard said yesterday, right, that I asked, like, is Comrie and Lukanen going to be this team's two starting goaltenders last night? What would their record be right now if all season it was Lukanen and Comrie and Anderson had had decided to retire instead? It's a tough question because we've seen so little of Comrie, we don't know. Comrie was supposed to be their scratch-off ticket that, you know, given the opportunity to start more, he'd be productive and could maybe take a number one job. He was a low-risk, potentially high-reward signing, right? Two years, cheap. Yep. If he takes the net... He was amazing as a backup, yeah. but it was only like 18 games. You're in great shape if he can do that. With Winnipeg last year, his save percentage was 920. He, I think he had the highest save. Well, maybe not then. One five the, on five. He had something he was number one in the league at. One of the highest in the league. He played really well. And with the Sabres this year, he's 883. You got two guys under 900. You know, like you, you mentioned, the league average has come down a bit, but lots to get to. Lots to get to. We got Paul coming up at seven, Marty Baron at 730 for some hockey talk. It is the anniversary of the Ottawa Brawl 16 years ago today. So, 16 years ago, we had one of the most memorable games in Sabres history. Last night, Maybe one of the more forgettable ones. Not a great night. <laughs> so, hockey talk coming up. Joe Marino of the Draft Network and the Lockdown Bills podcast for his normal Wednesday spot. He'll join us as well. Kevin Cole of the Unexpected Points podcast to do a little bit of work with us on 
guards and wide receivers free agent guard ranking. Talk. Yeah. Yes. How about guard rankings and free agency? Okay. <laughs> I just want to know a couple names. Give me some names I can keep an eye on. And of course the wide receiver talk as well. So, you know, plenty of uh meaty stuff for you to get to today. Some hockey, some football, lots of other stuff. We'll also keep you updated on the weather, which uh Ice Storm today? I think it comes tonight and the snow might be a little bit ahead of schedule. Snow first and then ice mixed precipitation so yeah that that kind of starts today we'll keep you updated on that as well jeremy white sneaky joe here on wgr we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sends it off the inboards. It's going to come all the way up to center ice. Here's Quinn now. Going to the net with a shot. Scores! Sabres are on the board. Quinn. With 14.48 remaining in the third period, it's 5-1 Toronto. Moments of the game brought to you by Firth Jewelers. For all the moments in your life, go forth to Firth. I was so excited for yesterday as a sports day. And, and just... Well, Liverpool fell apart. I was going to say, the first was Liverpool. Then the Sabres. Yeah, well... Very different ways. Leafs got out to a quick lead. Liverpool is the opposite. They got out to a 2 nothing lead, and then goal, 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 goal. 5-2. At home, too, right? At home. Yeah, tough one. Want a silver lining of last night? Sure. Okay, here's your silver lining. So this is not the part of the show where we get to Stefan Diggs' trade article. We can do that next if you want. <laughs> silver lining is just this. They have four games this week. That's a good thing. Well, well, we can forget about it quickly, unless if, they get rolled by Tampa. If you were to pick a game to lose, it's either Toronto or Tampa. Yes. You want to yeah. beat Florida, and you want to beat Washington. Those games are more important in the race. The reality is that you know yep. you, you, you want to beat everybody, but you'd much rather beat Florida or Washington. Like I said, I'm not telling you it's good that they lost, but silver lining is that. Silver lining is, hmm, you're not in a race with Toronto. You are in a race with Florida and Washington, who you will play. This is going to be the rest of the way, though, right? Like, remaining strength of schedule. Do you want that? I have it right here. Okay, that was the silver lining. Here's the bad news. Yeah. The Sabres have 28 games remaining. Yeah. Four of them are against teams that are under 500. That's it. They have 12 games against teams in the top six. Rangers, Devils, Lightning, Bruins, Toronto, Carolina. 12 games against the six best teams in the league. That's a tough, tough Yikes. ask. 12 out of 28. So they're competitors. So the Sabres have the second hardest schedule remaining in the league. Detroit is number one. Detroit Good. has the hardest schedule in the league. But 
the other teams you're competing with. Florida has the 10th easiest. The Islanders have the 15th. Pittsburgh 16th. Washington 21st. Hmm. So no one's got like the easiest schedule. That's everybody out west. In fact, the six easiest schedules remaining are out west. Um, that's because they play the west, and the west is not as good. That's probably why, right? Yeah. But Sabers and Red Wings have the hardest. And yeah, two against Boston, two against New Jersey, three against the Rangers, two against Tampa, and they get to play Columbus twice more. I guess at least one well, of those the, is the last game of the season. The good news out of that is if they make it, they will have earned it. <laughs> you know, if they oh yeah, if they get into the playoffs, they will have earned it. But last night they uh, they did not. Right, like. We've stopped, and for good reason, like they're in a race. We've stopped doing the measuring stick games, right? And we're more focused on like just whether or not they actually get the two points. I think that's probably right. Like they get they get boat raced early by Toronto last night. They get crushed by Tampa on Friday or on Thursday on Thursday. But they, they win close ones against Florida and Washington. That'll be a four game sample that says, hey, they're actually not that good. But nobody will care because well, they'll have won the two games that they were supposed to win. Allow me to reintroduce you to something that happens every single year in April. Uh, the Sabres miss the playoffs, and then you watch one playoff game, and you say, oh, wow, the Sabres are way far away from this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, right. That's what has happened for a decade. And the reality is that they don't have to be that far away from it. Get a couple good players, get in, and then you'll play hard and you'll look like that. But it's a, it's a time-honored tradition. Good morning. It's uh, Jeremy and Sneaky Joe. All right, you want the Stefan Diggs trade article? Yeah, what, what, what are we writing about here? Mike Florio, a Stefan Diggs trade would come with a major cap charge for the Bills. They just... Ex- <laughs> sure, right. They just extended him. So opened a, he, opened, he opened the spot track page, essentially. Yeah. I think I just kind of clickbaited the clickbait, but that's okay. So... Florio writes about this that, you know, Diggs kind of pushed his way out of Minnesota. And he writes, after three years in Buffalo, capped by a playoff loss featuring frustrations and gesticulations that could be interpreted as a desire for yet another fresh start, speculation has emerged again that Diggs could again be on the move. Speculation has emerged. I mean, that's all you, you could just say that. Sure. Right. Speculation. You is- see three people tweet about it. Speculation has emerged. I mean, it is speculation season. The offseason in the NFL. Reckless speculation season. Everything's speculation. Watch this. Ready? I wonder if Lamar Jackson's going to sign with the Raiders. Boom. Now it's speculation has begun about the Raiders. That's it. That's just, I'm just. Now I can write about it. That's right. Speculation (laughs) has begun. But anyway, back to the point here. The the numbers of this. If anybody wants to try and make a case that you think they're going to move Diggs, here's the, the best case that they're not. Given the contract that Diggs received last year, a trade before June 1st would trigger a cap charge for the Bills of $34 million. Not happening. They, I don't even think they could afford that, could they? Let's say he made it ugly, which has not happened. Let's say he made it ugly. I want to be traded. You have to oblige me. Can they do it? I don't think so. I don't think they can afford to do it. Like They, they would say to him, we can't. Yeah, you, like, There's nothing we can do. We are not... There's literally we're not cutting five players so that we can trade you. Like that might be what would have to happen. Florio writes, any team that acquires a player who became sufficiently unhappy to seek a trade could become that unhappy again. That could be what the Bills are dealing with, and it could be that the two sides have no choice but to try to make it work. Again, a lot of could well, be. Yeah. There's a lot of speculation, a lot of could be's in there. 
They should be able to make it work. Stefan is a good-hearted person who desperately wants to win. Maybe he may be wondering whether others in the organization want to win as badly as he does. So there you go. Mike Florio on a digs trade. The alternate way to write this exact article that Florio has at ProFootballTalk.com is to write, there's no way the Bills will trade digs. $34 million cap charge. Yep. No other prospects, young receiver that are close to taking over at a high end level. You know, you'd want to you'd want to draft one first. Yep. So it's not it's not happening. Next year, by the way, twenty five point seven million dollar cap charge if they traded him. It's not happening. Yeah. I, I Two know, years locked in. I don't want to say he's finishing his career here because you never know, but he's here for the meet of he just signed an extension, he's gonna play with Josh. Whatever. He, yeah. he he's mad about the way that the season ended, and I think a lot of us are. This is this kind of gets a, a tie into the Ryan O'Reilly <laughs> I was just thinking stuff. That, yeah, like everybody's mad at Ryan O'Reilly because he he lost his love for the game, and so did we when watching right. we watched the Sabers. Diggs on the sideline gesturing. That was us. Like, what's going on out here? Right. What, what happened? What do you want your star player to be? Do you want your star player to, to sulk? The right word for what O'Reilly did is. Do you want him to be like down in the dumps because of what happened, or do you want the guy to just be utterly furious, which is what Diggs might have been in in the moment? Yeah. There's no way they're even entertaining it. That's what I have to tell myself, at least. There's no way. So there, there you go. There's your, there's your digs update. So no Tyreek Hill trade for the Bills. No. If they were going to do it, it would have been last year. Right. If they were going to do it, they would have. And it would have been ostracized in the moment. Oh, yeah. And like, it, the Chiefs. The Chiefs had a very specific situation that I don't think like that that is the easy tie-in whenever that comes up. Like what did the Chiefs do that that can be replicated? Well, they traded a star player. They weren't afraid to do it when 99.9% of teams would have just paid the guy. The Chiefs were in the right situation though where they already have a Travis Kelsey. The Bills don't have a Travis Kelsey. Their Kelsey is Diggs. Yeah. And Hill was in the final year of his contract to where I think it was like a $100,000 cap charge for trading him. No cap impact. And they got the 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 haul they did. It just it made everything the stars aligned for it. How many teams are in that situation where they could feel like we've got Mahomes and we've got Kelsey, we could trade this guy. The Bills don't have that. And that to me is the biggest difference and the the money has never been the same as it would have been with Hill. Although I guess last year before the extension Again, that would have been money-wise the time to do it, but it's a different spot because the Bills don't have a fallback number one target. They didn't have to extend him last year. They did, and by doing that, made him one of the highest-paid receivers in the league, as he should be. Yes. If he had not gotten that extension, this is topic number one all offseason because sure. there wouldn't be a massive cap hit, and you could... You could even argue about age and a lot of things and what they should do and can they get draft picks. You could argue it, but they yeah, he'd decided... Be entering, he'd be entering the final year of his contract. Yeah. Instead, they extended him. So Right. You ended that discussion with that extension and a $34 million cap charge if he's traded. like that's, that's And the, he's still incredible. Yeah. He's still great. So... And also, too, like... We, we Throughout the whole year, anytime he does a podcast talking about Josh Allen and the Bills. Loves him. I just I don't, th- I don't think it's a thing. He wants to play with his brother. So does every brother that's in the NFL that has one. I'm sure Travis Kelsey would love to play with Jason Kelsey. But if he says it, it's a, well, no one's going to make a thing of that. Yeah, in their case, they could line up on the same offensive line, basically. Right. The Kelseys. The Diggs, it might be better to play against each other. I think this is just digs. This is just digs. 
that in the Vikings part of it, he forced his way out of Minnesota. He, he had, tweeted. He had one cryptic tweet that said a, it's time for a fresh start. A and the, cr- right. A and, cri- man, if a cryptic tweet is is what qualifies now for forcing your way out, I mean, <laughs> holy cow. Every 90% of athletes are trying to force their way out of where they are then. Yeah. 803-0550, A uh, little weather update coming on the way as well. We'll get you prepared for this ice storm. We've got a little bit of an ice, well, maybe a lot of bit of an ice storm. And some snow, too, so um, winter returns. Snowblower snow? I don't think so. It depends where you are. There's going to be some that could accumulate pretty big. It is also the first run of all the plows now that they have names. That's exciting, Oh, right? the debut for... Uh... I'm already forgetting what the what the one name is. There are a lot of them. There are 41 the one, though, named that plows. Didn't, didn't you get the one? The one that I got was Flake Effect. Flake Effect. Which wasn't even my best submission. <laughs> but, yeah, Flake Effect is going to take to the streets today and uh, clear the paths, yeah. along with all the other ones, including Darth Blader. And <laughs> I think Plowy McPlowface is out there somewhere. You know, Their maiden yeah. voyage. Yeah. Even though the trucks have actually already been out there before. Yes, now they just have names. Right. Jeremy White, Sneaky Joe, Paul Hamilton comes up top of the hour to uh, chat with us about what happened last night with the Leafs. I also feel like real quickly on this, and I tweeted it, Ryan O'Reilly's final goal, it's a good thing the NHL doesn't count own goals like soccer does because that would be, that'd be a, Tyson, a Tyson Jost own goal. You touch it before uh, it goes in. Even if it's already if it's going to go in no matter what? Yep. Still an own goal. Is that how it works? In- it, if you have a chance to kind of control it, yeah. I mean, I, if 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 you are a goalie and it well, whatever, we don't have to debate what an own goal is. I'm just making a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to take it away from him. He almost pulled it out of there too. He did, Jost. Yeah, almost. All right, Ryan O'Reilly hat trick. Paul Hamilton, top of the hour weather update for you to uh, prepare for this ice storm coming as well. Actually, it looks like the snow is going to start up a little earlier. So we actually started the winter weather advisories up um, at one o'clock this afternoon. So that snow can fall pretty heavy at times, especially as you get after like 3 or 4 o'clock on into the early evening. And then we're going to switch that snow over to a mix. That's still on track, so that, that timing is still good. Um, that mix would be freezing rain or sleet, and then down into the southern tier, probably just more rain. That is meteorologist Jason Allenbaugh, National Weather Service meteorologist. So a couple inches of snow... And ice also to come. Bit of an ice storm on the way for uh, this region. Looking at some of the maps of this, you know how it goes. Storm comes, you get maps. This one's got four maps, Joe. How about that? Getting a lot of maps for your... What do we got, a snow map and an ice map? I got four maps in one tweet from the National Weather Service. Okay. The first one is, uh, you know, like, yeah, the wintry mix, when it arrives, uh, what the mix will be. What the impacts will be, total ice accumulation, expected snowfall. So as you go north, you'll get a little more snow. Mm -hmm. And that's all through Buffalo, even all the way up Lake Ontario, Rochester. A little bit of snow through those those areas. And the ice is pretty much Buffalo and north. Uh, Looks like Niagara Falls, Lewiston, uh, from from Buffalo up to Lake Ontario is where the ice kind of goes, maybe a little bit inland. So uh, snow and ice. How do you prepare for ice? You stay home if you can. That's pretty that's, much it. It's the best thing you can do is stay home, right? Hmm. Not, yeah, no, I got that's right. Yeah. Not, not fun, not fun. So be safe, everybody, as uh, as best you can. Ice storm. When's the last time we've had like an ice storm like that? 
I mean, Rochester, when we were talking about the blizzard and even the 10 feet of snow that the South Towns got, uh, the guys from Rochester that we'd have on the show were like, we've never really had a blizzard like that, but there was an ice storm in Rochester like 20 years ago. That, 1991. 91. Mm-hmm. That had like trees down and whatever. So I can't really think of an ice storm, though. Yeah, that, that I've experienced. That's kind of like, I mean, the October surprise storm wasn't exactly an ice storm, but that's probably the closest thing. The, the impact maybe was closest. Yeah, I've got an article here from the archives way back when about people in Rochester losing power for a week. Yeah. Freezing rain fell for 17 hours. 10,000 trees came down. Do we have a, is, is that a th- uh, map? The power outage risk map? Because I've seen that in past uh, in past storms. Yeah. Let's see if there's one out there for that. So that could be a thing. I, I got a notification from National Grid, like, "Hey, heads up!" You know, it's a, it's one of these weather events. You throw the word "event" after weather, and you know, take it seriously. So, what I, happened to my sixty and sunny from the weekend? Yeah, golf this last week. If you wanted to, you have to wait now. Paul Hamilton on the other side. We'll talk a little bit about the Sabers lost to the Leafs, and you know, if it's a part of any sort of bigger problem, the Sabers, if they have one identifiable problem, maybe you think it's goaltender. Maybe you think it's just the general giving up too many goals. They give up a lot of goals. That's that's when they don't outscore their problems, they lose. That's outscore their mistakes, they lose. And in a game like that last night, a lot of mistakes, and the goals didn't come till much late. And you could blame three elements, right? You could blame the goalie, you could blame your defensive personnel, or you could blame the style that the coach employs. Mm-hmm. That would be last on the list for me. I'm not saying it doesn't matter to why they give up a lot of goals, but I want them to play this style. Right. Doesn't Granado, what he's been able to pull out of a lot of these guys, get you to, hey, you should take a couple more chances on this trade candidate or this trade candidate. You know, if, I'm trying to think of like who here, but the Sabres had guys on this roster that were poorly fitted for the style they wanted to play. Like Brandon Montour with Ralph Kruger was a mistake. Yeah. Montour would probably... He would be amazing with... With it, it would certainly be better. It yeah, would certainly be a a fit to some degree. Well, and, in Florida, he's like he's a legit top pair defenseman. Yeah. So like, give him a coach that knows how to use him. Yeah, and he probably do great. And I wonder if there's a, a a player out there that the Sabers could acquire that they think like, hey, get this guy with uh with Don and see what happens because the Sabers have of course done a good job with a number of their players pulling out their their best traits, whether that's Dalin. Power, of course, Tage Thompson, you know, Skinner's re- rebirth from yep. you know, the scrap heap of their own roster. Paul on the other side. We'll talk with Paul. It's also the anniversary of the Ottawa fight game. 16 years ago today, Marty Baron joins us at 730 to talk a little bit about the memories there and, of course, about what the Sabres should do um, with the deadline approaching. Deadline is next week, next Friday. It's Jeremy White, Sneaky Joe on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.